Welcome to Effortless Swimming, the podcast for swimmers, triathletes, and coaches. Join Australian swim coach Brenton Ford as he reveals the latest techniques and information to improve your swimming. Let's dive right in. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. This episode, I've got Seth Lowe on the line with me, and it's the episode about high-performance food. And Seth's a nutritionist. She's a triathlete training for the Hawaiian Half Ironman. She's about to complete her master's degree in nutrition, and she specializes in sports nutrition using natural food and ingredients. And I'll get into how uh, this interview came about very shortly, but first of all, welcome to the call, Steph. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Well, the the way that we met is that you uh, you sent an email to me a couple of weeks ago, um, just inquiring about some straight correction and some some video analysis. Um, and at the bottom of your email was a link to your uh, your website, which um, which is the is it the naturalnutritionist.com.au. That's correct. And uh, so I clicked on the link and and jumped on there, and you had a couple of recipes that I, that looked pretty easy to do. So um, that night I actually um, made one of them, which I think was a uh, like a, a quinoa salad, and it was uh, it was easy to do. It was really tasty, um, and then I sort of just went on and made a couple of the other recipes and really enjoyed them and found that they're um, very healthy and they're tasty, easy to do, and um, you know in in the well one or two weeks that I started following the recipes, I actually lost a kilo or two, um, which I'd been sort of struggling to um, to get rid of um, in the lead up to some events. So. Uh, the, that's the reason I wanted to get you on the call was because I like your approach to nutrition, especially for, for sports people and athletes. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you came to be a, a nutritionist. Okay, no worries. So I started, um, I guess I started in the industry with a Bachelor of Sport and Exercise Science. So that was my undergrad. And so I started working in the field more in the, the training um, and a bit of Pilates with rehabilitation and I really noticed like a lack of education and understanding with regard to nutrition. So that made me go on to specialise. Um, so I got my postgraduate degree in nutrition and I've been working in the field, specifically in nutrition, for a couple of years now. And like you said, just about to finish my master's, so one subject to go. And so what's uh, how would you say that your approach is a bit different to your, your typical nutritionist? Because I've, I've had a... A lot of talks from nutritionists um, being in swimming, um, you know, growing up as a kid, a lot of talks were organised by nutritionists, but a lot of it just seemed to be um, regurgitated, um, coming from the same, you know, they, it was pretty much the same presentation for the last sort of 10 years that I got, yeah. um, which, you know, which makes people sort of switch off often when they hear the word nutrition, but um, you know, I found your approach um, a lot better, a lot um yeah, a lot different. So how do you say it's different to most nutritionists? I think it's mainly different because I don't focus on numbers. So nutrition is a science, and I guess how it started was numbers around, you know, calories or daily energy requirements, and, and that kind of spills out into the prescription, whether it's via a, a plan for weight loss or, or sports performance. And don't get me wrong, numbers certainly have their place to some degree, but I like to think that my approach is more intuitive and, you know, our bodies know much more than what the internet can tell us for calories or kilojoules. And um, I guess my role is to teach people that as well. And so what made you choose? So there's, there's sort of two things that are, um, I guess, distinct in your recipes, um, which you mentioned um, as we were chatting before the call. 
Um, can you talk a little bit about those two things? Yeah, sure. So all of my recipes are firstly gluten-free, and I myself have been gluten-free for uh, seven years now. And um, a lot of the research that we um, now know about gluten um, links it to, you know, autoimmune disease, but also fatigue and poor exercise recovery and digestive issues and the list goes on. But um, from my point of view, I like to teach others that, um, you know, gluten-free eating is easy and hopefully, like I have, they start to get the benefits in terms of their health and um, sports performance for the athletes that I deal with. Um, The second element is it's all refined sugar-free. So obviously being the natural nutritionist, I use natural sugar-free substitutions, which means that we can still enjoy like a a sweet treat, but there's no white sugar, which we know is the leading cause of obesity, and it's highly inflammatory. So from an exercise point of view, it's the worst for our recovery. So I use um, sugar-free alternatives, and um, all my recipes are gluten-free and refined sugar-free. So what made you choose um, that kind of approach? Was it seeing the research and then trying it or did, did you just try it um, you know, for the sake of trying it or, and you um, liked it, or? it? Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it is everything based on research. I think you've got to make sure that as, you know, working in the science field, in the industry, you need to have um, evidence-based claims. And I guess um, the industry is finally catching up to, you know, what the facts are rather than maybe what we're reading on a food label or what we're being brainwashed by, by, you know, the sugar or the wheat industry, for example. So I, I believe that it's um, the best approach for health, nutrition, weight loss and training. So, you know, my, my job is to teach everyone else how easy uh, it can be. Now, if someone was to change one meal in the day, or get one meal mm. right. What would that? What would you suggest that be? Definitely breakfast, because our traditional options are cereal or fruit or toast or you know Vegemite or wheat bix, and they're all one or the other or both in terms of having gluten or quite a high um, sugar content, particularly when we're talking about packaged foods um, and products uh, that actually. Um, are in a box. We don't really call them food. They're more like food products. So we can choose a more natural approach and, um, you know, stay away from those gluten uh, gluten and sugar-filled products. I like the I like the sound of that. Is something that's coming from a packet is a food product and not a food. That's, uh, that's yeah, absolutely. Product. That's good. Um, now, when uh, when someone comes, when you see someone for a, say a personal. Uh, consultation where you'd go through their diet and make recommendations. What what's the process? So you you're chatting to someone and, and going through that. How would you know? How would you work with someone to improve their diet? Sure. So the first thing, obviously, with initial consultation, we'll discuss goals and if it's weight history or training background. Um, the main thing I focus on first is doing a food diary analysis. So we'll have a look at the current situation. And like you mentioned with, you know, which meal you would change first, I look at which changes are or would be the most beneficial to start. It's that old saying that Rome wasn't built in a day. So I would never expect anyone to uphaul everything and change it tomorrow. We look at where we can get the most bang for our buck in terms of changes. And it might be one, it might be three. We just do the overview of what the current situation is and what changes need to, um, need to occur.
And when you're looking for ingredients for, you know, some of the meals you suggest, um, so, I mean, in like Australian supermarkets, for example, they're quite good with a lot of their um, organic produce now and, you know, a lot of the different types of seeds and nuts and things like that. They are available, but, you know, do you have a, um, you know, is there somewhere that you find your um, your ingredients? Yeah, I actually head out to the Dandenong markets, believe it or not. It's about a half an hour drive from, say, um, the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne. Um, so I buy all my gluten-free flours, nuts and seeds from there, purely because it's a lot cheaper per kilogram and, and I use that sort of food every day and my pantry is always stocked. So it's worth the trip for me. Um, I think if you're getting started, you know, you can certainly buy a small amount of, say, even if it's almond flour from the supermarket, but that doesn't, it's not the most cost-effective approach. Um, there are more and more places opening now. I know there's one, um, say, there's on Glen Huntley Road and there's one over in Fitzroy and I'm happy to share the those um, locations with those that are interested and they're the kind of, you know, semi-health food stores slash bulk whole foods where you can buy scoops of flour or a kilogram of nuts and it's obviously a lot more cost effective than from the local supermarket. Is there any, do you ever buy them online? Do you find that, um, or do you find that it's just better going to the market and seeing what you're buying? I do have one online resource. Um, it's a little place in Byron Bay called Santos, S-A-N-T-O-S Trading and their coconut flour and almond flour is one of the cheapest per kilogram that I've come across. So you obviously pay for shipping, but I always suggest to my clients and friends that if you, you know, do an order together and split the shipping cost, it's still much cheaper than, say, Coles or Safeway. Mm. So, yeah, online is also a great option. Oh, that's good. I've recently made a, um, a bulk purchase of, uh, like, almonds and potatoes and um, linseeds and things like that from uh, honesttogoodness.com.au. Right, yeah, and, that's um, a good one. Yeah, and they've got they've got a whole heap of stuff. Um, you know, if you're buying a lot of it and you're going to use a lot of it, then um, you know, that's a that's a cheaper option than the supermarket too, as they can be quite pricey if you're buying the uh, the smaller amounts. Yeah, definitely. So it's good that we've got a way around it because it doesn't have to be expensive to eat healthy. It's just about being a little bit more strategic, I think, with your purchases. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what's um, what are some things that you see athletes doing that you let's say um, swimmers or triathletes, for example, mm. that you would you know, suggest they make a, a change and they might see a you know, positive result from that, whether that be their uh, pre-training foods or post-training recovery foods. What sort of things do you see um, athletes making in particular that, um, yeah. that they could change? Mm. Yeah, I think the most important part is the post-exercise refueling. So in, in the old school kind of theory, we we thought that carb loading was the right approach. So the night before a race, you'd eat, you know, your body weight in food or, you know, pasta. We now know that's not the case because we've got only limited capacity in terms of our storage as muscle glycogen. So if we make sure that uh, our post-exercise recovery nutrition is spot on, it means that we're always topping up our muscle stores. So from a subsequent performance and recovery point of view, we're really accelerating that. So I suggest um, to anyone that's training for performance that you carry, you know, a small snack, whether it's a banana or like a natural muffin that you've made in your training bag so you can eat that as soon as you finish your session, particularly those of higher intensity. And that way, if you don't get to dinner straight away or lunch straight away, if you've got to go and buy ingredients or wait for it to be cooked, you're not sacrificing your performance. So you want to be eating within the half an hour window post exercise. 
Yeah, I think that's one of the most important things for athletes that are that are training hard and they're doing big sessions, whether that's you know sixty minutes, ninety minutes, um, because you know if you're not eating within half an hour of exercising, you're just you're not going to get the as much benefit as you can from that session, um, and you're just going to feel pretty average the next day if you're training again. And, um, yeah, post-exercise recovery is really important for those of us that are looking to get the competitive edge. It doesn't apply to just your weekend warrior necessarily, all those doing, say, a half-an-hour session. But anything over 60 minutes, definitely um, carry that ability to eat within that half-an-hour window. Yeah, I mean, I've been guilty before of not taking something to eat afterwards. Um, so, you know, pop in, um, you know, it might pop in at um, the supermarket or, somewhere else and get something which isn't too healthy just because you've just got a craving for food, like um, you know, chocolate or donuts in the past, which um, which isn't ideal, obviously. So um, being able to take that with you to training um, you know, is important. So a banana or, you know, like a, a muffin, um, which you could find a recipe for on your site. So um, I think that's a great idea. Now, what's your, what's your personal favourite food or have you got more than one? My favourite food at the moment is avocado. So um, I guess, from a, the conversation we we're having earlier with um, with breakfast, not everyone always feels like eggs, which are a great, obviously, gluten-free and sugar-free breakfast option, but you don't have to be limited to, to eggs. So I make a, a smoothie for breakfast, and my choc avocado smoothie is one of my faves at the moment. Of all, I always make sure I've got avocado in the fruit bowl. Lovely. Choc avocado. You have to try it. Oh, is the uh, recipe up on the website? It certainly is. Excellent. I'll uh, I'll get onto that within the next few days for sure. <laughs> now, um, is there is there some things in the kitchen that people should should have if they want to, you know, eat these kinds of meals like a, a blender and things like that? What are some of the um, kitchen accessories that they should have? Yeah, you know, the main things I've got is a blender. I would use that daily. Um, and another tip back on the almond flour is that if you really want, you can actually grind up your own almonds and, and make your own almond flour. So that's a cheap way about um, uh, going going about it as well. But blenders obviously for smoothies and things like that's really handy. My kitchen's pretty simple. I've got muffin tins that obviously I use to make some of the sugar-free treats and just a big mixing bowl, chopping board, the usual really. You can go one step further and get a food processor or even a dehydrator if you're going to um, make your own, say, healthy chips. Um, but, yeah, you can give it pretty simple to get started. Excellent. So where, um, if you want to find out more about you know, these types of recipes and things like that, where can they, where can they find out more about you and about uh, this kind of eating? Yeah, so my Facebook page is The Natural Nutritionist. So a simple like will give you access to all recipes and articles and information. Um, my website is thenaturalnutritionist.com.au. And in the right-hand corner, there's a section where you can subscribe. If you pop your email address in there, you'll get every post straight into your inbox. So that way, you don't miss a recipe and you can stay up to date with what we're all making. Great. Well, I'm a, I'm a member on the, the Facebook page and uh, you're pretty regularly putting up new recipes. And that's uh, sending me to the kitchen, so I'm trying out <laughs> all these new recipes. So it's, uh, oh, it's great. I absolutely love what you're doing, and um, especially with the, the website there. So... Uh, so for any swimmers or triathletes out there that are looking for some good recipes and looking to um, you know, maybe eat a little bit healthier and, and lose a little bit of weight, then uh, then I highly recommend uh, you go to Steph's website because it's um, a great resource. So thanks so much for being on the call, Steph. Uh, I've learnt a lot from this and I'm, uh, I've actually 
bought a few uh, things for the kitchen to continue to cook the recipes. Like I bought a strainer for the quinoa and things like that today and, and some muffin tins. So um, you've got me hooked and uh, really enjoying it. So thank you so much, Steph. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brent. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us on the Effortless Homing Podcast. To get transcriptions, bonus videos, and to be the first to hear about new episodes, go to swimmingpodcast.com. 